catch you <clears throat> listening to? Oh, uh, just a podcast. What's it about? Well, it's about a, it's about movies, and it's from a guy who's a podcaster. You know, it's kind of the story of his pod. Guy's name is Danny Breezy, but everyone always calls him Grand Slam. Now, when Grand Slam was in his 20s and and young and good-looking, he could critique any movie that you could throw at him. Back then, he just had a way. Now he's into his his early 30s, and well, he watches Cats, and it messes up his brain. He's not... He's not... He's not pretentious or anything like that, but but he's got judgment problems he never had before, and he spends more of his podcasts in pain than he ever did before. Don't let them make him do Star Wars. It's a career killer. I saw it happen to screen junkies. <laughs> Thanks, pumpkin puss. All right. <laughs> That was uh, uh, a little too hauntingly fitting, Greg. Thank you for that uh, cautionary tale about my descent into madness. Yeah. Cats. Ah, cat. Putting the cat in catalyst. Mm. Swish, baby. All right. We ready to start? (laughs) Putting the cat in pumpkin puss. Okay. That's my favorite porn genre. Putting cats in pumpkin puss. It's very niche. I I make most of it, but there are some other creators. We love pumpkin puss. Yeah, we do. <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome back to Movies for Win, everybody. Welcome back. This is not that sitcom, Denny. We are uh, here to talk about movies again. Movies for Win? We're going to tell you when. Oh, yeah, we movies are. Movies for Win, dudes rock. Denny, Woo. I need a little help with the definition. Yeah, yeah, so... There's a lot of competing definitions of Dudes Rock. Um, technically, Dudes Rock is a movement uh, that is meant to unite men together um, through accepting like accountability for ways we've taken care or we've taken part in toxic. Po- Ooh, okay. For ways we have taken part in toxic masculinity, committing to not do it any further, and celebrating the fact that Dudes Rock. Um, dudes rock when they're not toxic, but when they are toxic, they rock sick. And we don't want to rock sick around here. Um, long story short, we mm-hmm. have uh, applied that definition to movies of a dude's rock movie by our measure is when a movie features or when the focus of a movie is the relationship between at least two men and they are supporting each other without being toxic grading on a curve for movies made before 2015 um and they succeed they win a lot they they win at stuff because they rock because dudes rock right is is that an adequate definition i would say so yeah it's definitely not about you know picking up chicks degradation of women in any way or anything like that it's just a nice wholesome co-building relationship yeah we love to see it and we love movies about it and we do for some reason 
uh, allow a movie where a grown man grooms a high schooler. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. The audience picked that one. That was not our pick. You people are sick. What's wrong with you? I'm very well, we disappointed in all poll. of you. Well, they suggested <laughs> it on the poll, okay? We're one with the people. I can only do so much. At a certain point, my hands are tied. If the audience wants to be regressive, despite how progressive and wonderful and woke you and I are, I just, you know, I can't believe it. After all yeah. this time we spent on the air teaching them how to be woke, they turned out unwoke. What a what a what a disappointment. You've said it. You've said it too many times. Yeah, whoa, Denny whoa, whoa, and Greg, famously radical woke mob. Notable mafia. woke people, Denny and Greg. Not <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right so our movies that we did select this week are our audience pick uh that we teased a little bit there 21 jump street from 2012 and then my selection was once upon a time in hollywood and denny's pick a notorious dudes rock movie oceans 11 Woo! from 2001 all right, uh, before we get to those three movies, Denny, what else were we watching uh, this week? Um, I did finish up Stranger Things. The new episodes dropped. Um, pretty mixed feelings on the season as a whole. It's uh, it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. If you like 80s nostalgia, fun stuff like I do, then you will probably like Stranger Things Season 4. Um, if you uh, are also a watch watch television and movies with a critical eye like I do, you will probably have a lot of problems with Stranger Things for. Um, <laughs> I I think there's I'm not going to go into a whole thing about it, um, but I think there's a lot right and a lot wrong with it, and it's okay <laughs> is what I would would lay it all down to. <laughs> Excuse me, I've had a had a lot of phlegm lately this might be a very phlegmy podcast um i also watched wild strawberries which is a movie on me and vanessa's list it is a swedish art film made by ingmar bergman in 1957 i watched it in film school and thought it was stupid and boring I watched it last weekend and thought it was a fantastic story. Um, that Aww. is a, a theme of my life. I, I really enjoyed Wild Strawberries. It's definitely like uh, Ingmar Bergman always gets uh, a little existential. And by a little, I mean it's the main focus and it's really heavy. Um, and I live in a pretty existential headspace. So that's it's it, it was really good. Um, I also watched for the first time Nightcrawler and I thought it was... Man, fucking tastic! I love that movie. Oh, what a picture! What a picture! <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Um, I texted Greg in the middle of it and was like, "I'm five minutes in, and this is a better Joker movie than any Joker movie." Uh, like it's it's really really good. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Who knew that boy had chops? Wow. Uh, everyone except me, because this movie's almost ten years old now, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> there we go. So. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's my watch list lately. What about you? What you been watching? Yeah, gave rise to Riz Ahmed, and we're all better better for it. Uh, well, we did watch a good chunk of this movie together, to <laughs> or should I say, together? National <laughs> Treasure. Yes, I wa it was like the meat of it. We we cut off both bread. We just watched the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah, we tore the bread off the sandwich like a true maniac and just ate what was in the middle. Um. <laughs> 
because the declaration told us to. Yeah. We so that'll be that's next year's Fourth of July movie, right? Oh shit! I didn't even think of that. And yes, that's what there we're doing. Go. We're saving it for next year for everyone who recommends it in the meantime. Confirmed. You heard it here first. We, uh, need to do we also. Yeah. Okay. That could be a two, uh, two movie fourth of july episode we'll talk about it in a year or so all right cool that's uh, what i remember <laughs> probably we also watched toy story 3 Ooh, how's it holding up i hadn't seen it since theaters <clears throat> it was especially after seeing four i liked it a lot more the second time yeah than the first the first time it it does have very you know flashing lights of this is an unnecessary sequel yeah but they're not shining as bright as four and i thought the story was a little bit better and like i said it was like a completion of an entire narrative that made sense and then fourth toy story four is a moon orbiting this pizza planet if i may (laughs) (laughs) you know when when the emotional content is there i'd say at about three and four it covers a lot of sense you know like when when it can make you feel something and pixar is lazily good at that um, they can make me <laughs> really feel powerful emotions through what i'm sure is an algorithmic formula that seems organic and make me care about lazy cash grabs it's it's even when i try to be cynical about it they always get me yeah and the other the only other thing we watched was last night in soho Ooh, what'd mo- you think about it I went into that movie totally blind. I didn't know what the genre was. I didn't know anything about it. All I knew was that Edgar Wright directed it. So I knew it was going to be British and look really good. I was right on both of those counts. I didn't know what type of movie it was at all. I was like, oh, and Anya Taylor-Joy is in this. And she killed it. I thought it was... I liked it. It had a very, very strong first hour or so then it kind of it does kind of drop off for me and just kind of becomes a movie if that makes sense (laughs) but i perfect sense yes totally (laughs) passing though i i i enjoyed it it was not a bad time at all yeah i pretty much had the exact same take it was like uh definitely in the good not great kind of forgettable category that first hour is money it's really Mm -hmm. really far from edgar wright's best work and i think that also contributes to it feeling like a letdown you know like you don't get a lot of edgar wright movies and so when you get one you want it to be like really really good and yeah it's a lot of pressure it's not really really good but it could have been they just yeah it all just kind of fell apart (laughs) like it really did (laughs) yeah would you say his best movie is the one where the guy grooms the high schooler let that be a transition into our first movie. <laughs> it's a S- Scott Pilgrim joke to bring us into 21 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah. God, I've got I need to go take like a Dayquil or something. This hasn't been bothering me this much all day. Well, now you're talking to me. Yeah. I I talk all day though. That's, that's my whole job. I speak. <laughs> <laughs> I do this but much less silly with more 911 <laughs> talk surprisingly hmm oddly <laughs> enough um yeah <sighs> let's do uh 21 jump street yeah let's do it this was the audience pick 
a 2012 film that apparently i think it's only on like amazon rental or purchase like really? i could not find this like on a streaming service i didn't have yeah or like a the right subscription to i think it's only like purchase yeah i think so that's where, sucks that's how i watched it it sucks and is weird that's the way it's a really weird thing right now and uh I think the the happy days are almost over as far as as far as streaming services go if they're not over already. Oh man, I got bad news for you, buddy. They've been done for years. <laughs> All right. Hey, Denny. Uh, when did you first see this movie? Um, I saw it in theaters in 2012, and I haven't watched it since. Um, and I thought it was better than I expected when I saw it and never watched it again. And then this time I was like, this is even better than I remember. Um, oh, wait, hold up. Before I forget, relationship with the movie. Um, you know the, 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 the first nerdy what you're guy, doing. The first nerdy guy yeah. that Channing Tatum meets. Curly-headed uh, kid. Yeah, the YouTuber guy, right? Yeah, I used to teach him Bible study in a past life. Oh, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was uh, already in my Bible study when he got YouTube famous. Um, his name is, uh, uh, his stage name is Dax Flame. I knew him as Madison Petrello. And I've always been crazy proud of this dude because, uh, like, he got famous with, like, a fake cringe vlog. Um, and it was really funny because people figured out that it was fake or, like, theorized that it was fake. Um, and they, like, doxed him and, like, came up with these theories um they like knew where he lived they knew who his family was and like talked about how like there was like a i think his sister like worked in la or something like that she worked in the film and tv industry so they were like see there's your proof that a mega studio is funding this and making it look organic and it was just like a 14 year old kid fucking around with his webcam like they were right that it was fake but they like thought it was so much bigger than it was um oh my god but i he i knew he was in cloverfield um i i guess i'd seen this movie and didn't know he was in it uh i don't know like or maybe i just forgot but yeah i saw i saw dax flame in the credits and i was like holy shit i didn't realize he was in the jump street movies so good on you dax your your vlog was one of the funniest things i'd ever seen in my life and when i was in high school i rewatched it constantly and showed it to everyone i knew oh man that's insane yeah that's, that's my relationship news. with the movie i it completely caught me off guard that he's in this movie <laughs> <laughs> well mine's a lot less interesting um I used to babysit Channing Tatum. Despite... Uh, yeah, we all know that, Greg. Wait a, wait a second. He's 11 years older than me. Uh... He was a very immature child. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the movie, right? That's how he is. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I watched it. I didn't watch it in theaters. I think I watched it a couple years after the fact. And I've seen it. I think this might have been like my third time watching it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, especially the first time. The first time you see this movie, holy shit. Yeah. It is, there's some gut-busting moments in here that we'll talk about, I'm sure. But, yeah, that's about it. Um, plot synopsis, we have uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Don't worry about their character names, because even their characters don't know them. Um, they're Channing yeah. Tatum and Jonah Hill. <laughs> they, 
They both they both have two names, and at one point, two of those names swap. Also. Yeah, <laughs> we never really quite get it cleared up. Um, but uh, they are uh, really bad cops who didn't get along in high school, but now they're best cop friends, and they suck at making arrests, and they suck at everything. So they get moved to the Jump Street unit because they look young, and they are told that they will go undercover as high schoolers to um, bust a drug ring and they do and hilarity ensues that's that's pretty much the movie right is am i leaving anything yeah out? okay yeah there's a little no, that's bit of it. odd couple i'm a little bit country i'm a little bit rock and roll type of stuff going on that, that you get mm-hmm. the gist that's the movie yeah yeah basically from our dear friends that gave us cloudy with a chance of meatballs and the lego movie phil lord and chris miller are here that to bring us tracks. 21 jump street I did not yeah. know that in that track. Oh, you didn't know that? No, that the writing, as soon as you said it, I'm like, yep, that's their writing style. Yeah, like, definitely recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I could sum this movie up with one word, and it is overachieved. Like, <laughs> it is it is <laughs> a, lot, a lot more enjoyable than it should be for what they were doing. Yeah. I was expecting, especially the first time watching it, I was like, oh, just, like, generic bro comedy yeah. kind of stuff. That was, like, before Channing Tatum really did much of anything that wasn't either that or, like, a teen soap opera kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. And then you watch this, and you're like, holy shit, he's actually funny, and this movie is actually funny. Yeah. Like, this is pretty good. It, it was, yeah, way better than it needed to be. Yeah, because, like, do you know anything about the show they rebooted? I'd never no. heard of 21 Jump Street, and now I'm like, maybe I should watch it, but then I'm like, I probably haven't heard of it for a reason other than it was like a early johnny depp project i had heard of it i think i was like is this a remake of that i don't i guess that was a show like i didn't i still don't really know any about it anything about it yeah. i don't really care to personally but you know. I, i've been considering looking it up for uh i believe this movie came out in 2012 so this is the 10 year anniversary of me considering watching the original 21 jump street so hey maybe it's safe to say i'll never 10 years it. yeah you know you don't Happy know what 10 you're years, committing 10 years. to when you get into a contemplation like that but now that we've been together for 10 years i can sufficiently say i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> people had their doubts <laughs> A lot of people. There was a will he, won't he with that with that eighties TV show. Will he, won't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, like, given that this is, this is a very early, like, remake or like relaunch of like an old IP. Like, hey, remember this thing from the eighties or nineties? We're gonna make a movie on that, and it, you know, it's obviously way more popular now, and this kind of jump started that ah see and it doesn't like but it doesn't right it doesn't lean into the meta of it too terribly much yeah and spoiler alert johnny depp shows up later in this thing and like they just kind of give an offhand reference that they know they're ripping off an old thing yeah where uh, Nick Offerman is like, we're just recycling old shit from the 80s and expecting people to <laughs> to come in for it. Yeah, like, and it was... It's not... Oh, sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah, it's not t- so self-referential that it's annoying. And it's like, it's obviously zero fan service. Yeah. 
I like it. It's just like, hey, what if we made this idea dumb and with dumb people and like only kind of offhand reference what it was based on? Yeah. Cool. That works. And That's funny. Fully acknowledged what a lazy premise this is, and you know, like, and then just <laughs> just make it really funny, and people will probably be fine with it. Like, but I was thinking when I was watching it, like. In 2012, meta wasn't exhausting or played out. Like, meta was pretty fresh. And I think it says a lot about the staying power of the movie that, like, 10 years later, later, when I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's meta. Oh, I'm so impressed with your meta. You know, like... So this still this still felt he, he said the he said the name of the thing can he do that <laughs> he looked at the camera is um, is this allowed everyone look up hell's a poppin this has been going on since black and white film um so it's not as new <laughs> as you think it is um but it, it still felt fresh like and i think that that shows that they did a good job it wasn't just that meta was new you know like that they they did a good job with it and yeah it didn't feel like annoying 10 years later when what they do is just way more common i was like hey this is still like a pretty good job of doing meta humor you know like they're still doing Mm -hmm. good and it doesn't feel like all the other stuff oh yeah i um i think this movie's main strength is the side characters like i love our lead characters yeah by all means i think they're very funny but like they're all of their interactions with every single side character in this movie is so on point. It's like a smattering of like it's what you'd expect anyways, right? Like all the popular <laughs> comedy actors at the time all like pitching in cuz they want in on the project or yeah. whatever cuz they cuz they like it, I'm sure. And like just the way everybody <laughs> I think my favorite aspect of it is like everybody that meets the two of them hates one of them yeah i didn't think about that yeah <laughs> oh my god except for uh i think it's oh what's his name johnson something johnson uh the guy from new girl what's his name dwayne the rock johnson that's right him and zoe deschanel no dummy dick the cock johnson that's right so dick the cock johnson <laughs> excuse me Dick the Cock Johnson as the principal um, <laughs> hates both of them, so I like that. <laughs> That's a deadlock joke, by the way. Um, not that anyone ah. listens to niche wrestling podcast, but um, no. In general, man, the movie felt like people were excited to do it. You know, like it was like Chris Parnell was bringing his A game. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Ellie Kemper. You know, like we just got all the like uh, Nick Offerman, Ice Cube crushed it um mm-hmm. and uh even i was surprised because i didn't remember her at all brie larson is in this movie in a big way i had that's no the one thing i did that. remember really yeah yeah that's one of the few things i did remember like i remember she was in it and rob riggle i forgot ellie kemper was in it me too yeah she was she was really funny um but yeah the brie larson of it all they want to get into the issue of her playing a character that does they specifically do say like don't worry audience she is 18 but we still feel weird because uh, we know the guy's like 25 26 again it's like it doesn't matter how old they are don't date high schoolers if you're an adult they're still children um and if you're a non-creepy adult date people who are in the same place of life that you are in uh, <laughs> like 
Come on. Hold on. Man. Let me let me subtract my wife's age from my age and no refute that that's statement. That's the thing. It's like it's not stage of life. You're right. Stage of life. Y'all met at work. <laughs> you were in the same stage of life, right? <laughs> like it's like mm-hmm. that's fine. That's all good. And I know she was taking all pre AP classes at that time, so I don't know pre-app. how she balanced her work schedule. <laughs> it's pre app classes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No one calls uh, them pre app <laughs> classes. They did in this movie. Is that um, what they, is, did they really call them that in this movie? Well, like, it's the joke. Remember, Channing Tatum's like, I'm in app chemistry. It's AP, idiot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember that. I, you're right. You're right. Oh, there you go. And I do like the role reversal of, like, now Jonah Hill's the cool kid in school. Yeah, that was fun. It's only charming if Channing Tatum also like embraces the losers in school and yeah. is like genuinely friends with them. That's the only way that that works, and it does work because they do that. I didn't with think your about friend how Dax important Lane. the balance was. Yeah, like they they absolutely needed to pair it with like Channing Tatum running around with the nerds and genuinely enjoying it. That that makes it all okay, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. That's I think that's like. One of the main sources of the dude's rock kind of motif. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? I don't sure. know. Yeah, the the dude's rock idea here is just like genuine, forming genuine male relationships. And then, you know, they have that with the main characters. But then Channing Tatum goes off and he's like, hey, you guys want to learn about covalent bonds together? Play Dungeons and Dragons? Fake lightsaber fights? Yeah. All that good stuff. It's good fun. And of course, yeah, it has to be genuine, and it feels like it is. Yeah, no, I think genuine fun makes up for the fact that, like, story-wise, there is very little interesting going on in this movie, and I never really cared until I was, like, trying to rate it. Um, It's just, Mm -hmm. it's so charming. It's a charming movie with a lot of gut-buster laughs, and if they have fun the audience will have fun and they had fun right like that's that's what was really important yeah. about it um <clears throat> fun matters fun matters it, it can it can push you know the quality of movie way up yep and that's what it's supposed to be that's the thing right like you got to look at a, the intention of a movie right like what was it trying to do there's part of me that's like yeah i would have rated it higher if it like taught me something about life like comedies like forgetting sarah marshall have done you know like i've really felt like they Mm -hmm. had like some real substance to them that at least at one point in my life was compelling right like um this has none of that and it's It's... it doesn't try to like it really does okay yeah it doesn't like it doesn't like try to make an emotional moment out of something that's not there there's a couple times with like jonah hill and brie larson but even then it's 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 very brief you know like it's mostly just fucking around and shenanigans they, they're not like beating you over the head of like i don't know like i'm trying to think of what i'm trying to say like i feel like a, a, a lesser movie would have had channing tatum have more trouble with not being cool um and would have had yeah. jonah hill get more into having a prom redemption and they didn't they just had it there you could forget about the whole thing and the movie's still good right like that's yeah they they could kind of snap out of it a little bit yeah and yeah yeah like you're saying it doesn't lean too heavy and we're like no you're gonna take this very seriously like, yeah it's it's high school mm-hmm. like <laughs> we were not supposed to take high school too seriously and certainly not a story of 
mid-20s guys going back to high school yeah so well that's the thing if you're in high school you should like it's totally appropriate for you to take high school really really seriously and media that's designed for teenage consumption should take high school really really seriously if you're an adult like you've really got to realize that high school is just a bunch of dumb bullshit and everybody's just going through puberty and it just none of it really matters that much and this and that was the perspective that this movie had right like it was it was for adults i felt like for adults to to reminisce about high school and also just like some really hilarious stuff about how high school has changed like when he like he like punches a kid and calls him gay and then he's like oh my god did you punch him because he's gay you know like that's a hate crime you know like so like like even like the Channing Tate like the the joke is that Channing Tatum cares about high school that's what's funny right mm-hmm. when he's like breaking it down to like the chief and he's like these losers have convinced people that their lame, crunchy granola ways are cool, and they must be stopped. <laughs> like the, it's the joke backwards that, and it's wrong. Yeah, the joke is that he cares. We're not supposed to uh. actually care that the definition of cool has had the goalpost moved, right? Yeah, now you gotta wear both straps. Yeah. yeah. It's tricky, man. Were, were you I'd a, no were strap you a... it if that were physically possible. <laughs> That's, that bothered me when he said that, because I was like, backpacks have a handle on them. It is physically possible to no-strap it. It's just stupid and inconvenient. Yeah. It's a good shoulder workout, though. Yeah, it looks like you're carrying luggage. That's the that's the least cool mm. way to wear a backpack. You're not in an airport. <laughs> that's right. All right. Uh, cones, cones, cones. All right. What other notes you got there, buddy? I didn't make a lot of notes, honestly. Like all yeah, the, me neither. The notes I made were uh, were pretty much just me writing down every line I thought was funny, um, because uh-huh. um, there, like there's just there's not a lot to really talk about. Like from a filmmaking perspective, it's fine, but there's nothing interesting yeah. going on here. There's also nothing to critique. There's nothing to really praise it, about, like, cinematography or color correction or anything. You know, like, it's just yeah. a very competently done, normal-looking movie. What it's about is the jokes, and that's what I wrote down was the jokes, right? Yeah. Like, that's what's so good about it. The best visual jokes were all drug trip-based, and, hey, those <laughs> landed really well. Those were fun. Those were very <laughs> those fun. Were fun. Dr- and the, the, uh, the credit sequence where they had what I'm sure was a bunch of unused shots of just like acid trip stuff. Um, I, I really enjoyed the roll credits for this movie too. It just was fun and spirited all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they, ca- they carry through that sort of humor still. All right. Um, I've got a note. I've got a note. I've got a note. Hit me. Hit me. Shoot um, me in the dick with it. Did you notice that Channing Tatum got a text from schmidt while he was talking to kimmy oh no yeah nice this was way before that show was made but i thought it was neat that uh it happened that's what that's what one of their names was fucking schmidt (laughs) who names a kid schmitty schmitty (laughs) are you a schmitty oh 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 talking point another community thing or what yes it is oh yeah hit me in the straight out of compton montage i am 90 percent sure that channing tatum is wearing the shirt that abed buys from jeff in season one um 
It's like a really ugly striped shirt with an ugly striped pocket. Um, and I'm like 90% sure it's the same shirt. It's an iconic shirt for Dan Harmon fans and community followers alike for Greendale students. <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> or have I watched Community way too much? Uh, I think you have, but hey, I buy it. Okay, cool. That was my note. I, I like it, man. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, ready to dip into some gimmicks here? Yeah, like this is probably, I feel like, our, our shortest discussion of a movie ever, but I also don't feel like there's a ton to say it's really fun yeah. it's really enjoyable it's a great comedy and the dudes in it rock uh, except for jonah hill he does not rock <laughs> not all the time but yeah like if you've seen it you get it if you haven't yeah you don't want to hear us tell you the jokes do you nope. didn't think so well you're gonna anyways when we get to favorite line deal with it yeah uh, <laughs> that's right all right denny we have a new gimmick this week yes it's called the gimmick of the week what is our gimmick of this week the gimmicks of the week is the the gimmicks of the week there's something wrong i was gonna there's, let it slide there's something wrong with my like speech tonight I, i'm like i'm i'm drinking tea like you know like i'm like completely sober right now <laughs> like i'm slurring words and slipping stuff i don't know what's up um but um the gimmick of the week is the brothers got a hug moment uh referencing tommy boy just a moment of wholesome male companionship um because brothers gotta hug what's your, what's your brother's gotta hug moment greg my brother's gotta hug moment is it's just this a little sight gag at an endearing moment that i fucking love it is channing tatum having a lot of trouble before prom clipping on his clip-on bow tie and jonah hill reaching over to help him out clipping on a clip-on bow tie yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then Channing Tatum helps him with his shotgun strap. So, <laughs> especially because Jonah says like, he says like, "Hold on, it'll be faster if I help." As though he's about to tie it, and then he just, just clips it on for just him. Puts it in the loop. <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> that Channing was was struggling so much with the, the bow tie clip. <laughs> Great. That that was my um my moment of like uh pop star never stop never stopping where he's drinking miller light out of a can with a straw like just a little extra little visual bonus that's just like ah this tickles me way more than it should <laughs> i'm gonna make a note about it beautiful what about you buddy um i went for when they were fingering each other's mouths in the bathroom um <laughs> not only because it was funny and hysterical but because the context of it was like you did drugs together to prove that you were cool, but you both secretly knew that you weren't cool and immediately tried to mitigate that decision together um, and keep <laughs> each other secret that you were acting way cooler than you are. Um, you know, like that was uh, that was such a cool like bros having each other's backs, trying to look rad in front of the cool kids moment. I was a fan, and it was hilarious watching them trying to gag each other. Uh, it's really really funny. Um, Especially with all the innuendo that was just begging to be innuended. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite? Uh, they, go ahead, sorry. They innuended it. Uh, are you going to ask favorite line? Boy, was I. <laughs> oh, boy. I think it's that one. All right. I'm going to go with... Well, I had three. So, runners up. Nick Offerman, real quick. I'm sending you boys down to Jump Street. 37 Jump Street. Wait, that... 
that isn't that isn't is it and then they cut to the <laughs> to the film they cut right uh, as he got a twa out of his mouth you know like that's what, it was a perfect <laughs> edit i really loved it uh my next one is jonah hill simply responding to their lack of rest by saying we're not finger popping each other's assholes <laughs> but my favorite line is channing tatum simply saying fuck you glee <laughs> Which was my community connection because they also make fun of Glee on the show. Because Glee sucks. I hate Glee. Society was worse for it. That show's terrible. And it ran head-to-head with community and did better. You know what else did? The Big Bang Theory. I hate everyone who likes those shows. If you watch those shows, I fucking hate you. I'm just kidding. I don't hate you, but like I do need to have a serious talk with you. And I've lost some respect for you. (laughs) So um your yours your favorite was definitely a runner-up of mine i'll give a couple runners up just because uh there was so many awesome lines in this movie that uh we didn't have a lot of overlap in what we (laughs) what we wanted to mention uh runner-up is you want me to beat your dick off um (laughs) (laughs) do you have the right Uh. to remain an attorney (laughs) followed by jonas hill (laughs) Well, they do have the right to be an attorney if they want to be. Um, the Miranda rights stuff, which is fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, when they, it's just really quick. It's when the nerds are doing band practice and the song they're singing is Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden, spoiler alert. Tyler Durden, Tyler oh, Durden, spoiler man. alert. I thought that was so funny. It got such a huge pop out of me. I, I never noticed it the any of the other times I watched it. The subtitles had something different, but I was like, nah, they're saying Tyler Durden. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> they're totally saying that. I loved that. Uh, what is your Critiker score, Gregoru? Uh, my Critiker score, I don't... I had it at a 30, and after watching it again, I was like, maybe this doesn't age as well. It's yeah. definitely like a fantastic first watch mm-hmm. kind of movie, especially in 2012, but maybe it's a little po- problematic now. Maybe. It was then, too. It's never yeah. been okay for let's, adults to date high schoolers. Let's not lie about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one a 28 out of 40. Not bad. Um, I I wanted to rate this higher based on, like, my other comedies, based on how funny it was. I thought it could hang with some of the best of the best. But upon further reflection, I was like, yeah, but, like, my really highly rated comedies do have a lot more substance to them. Um, so I dropped it down a little and then I had to drop, I had to dock a point for, um, Jonah Hill, uh, Jonah Hill grooming a high schooler. And I also had to dock a point for Channing Tatum, not sleeping with Ellie Kemper after it was revealed that he was an adult. That should have happened. They had great chemistry. Um, so I landed it. You didn't, what? You didn't see the, uh in the credits what in the credits when they were hooking up in one of the closets no i missed it yeah yeah you did well in that case i have restored a point that was docked and this is now she, a... sa- she says something really funny too i can't remember what it was but yeah now what is what is your score now denny a 39 out of 50 i must have been getting pretty tired because i did watch this after dynamite last night but it's weird because I specifically praised how much I liked the credits, and I don't remember that. 
So, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying as close of attention as I thought. <laughs> 39 out of 50, though. Um, that's that's. I had it at a 38. Honestly, 38 probably fits a little bit better, but we're going to let it slide. Um, All right. Yeah. So, you, uh, you watched Ocean's Eleven, right? Yes. You like it? It's really nice. Did you enjoy it? It's okay. That's wonderful. Get on the goddamn podcast. <laughs> Seamless edit, baby. Ocean's Eleven was my pick, um, mostly due to a uh, uh, non-listener of the show, but friend of the Denny, Andrew Willis. Um, he has often told him. me that it is the ultimate dude's rock movie, so i thought i'd give it a whirl i had not seen it in a long time i'd seen oh, it i'd oh, seen oof. it it had been oh, a while, it had been a, while a, a long while um so yeah there we go do you want to do relationships or synopsis first uh let's uh i'll summarize this one for us get it bro even though it was your pick do you want to summarize it do not you have really. something ready go for it all right cool oceans 11 you've all probably seen it it is a 2001 film that you can watch. Hey, it's in a convenient place. It's HBO Max, everybody. Yay! Clap for streaming services that more people have. Please clap. Please clap. <laughs> Everyone's clapping, I can just tell. <laughs> um, yeah, Ocean's Eleven, starring Brad Pitt and George Clooney and Matt Damon and a whole lot of other people, approximately 11 is about a group of 11 dudes that are going to rob not one, not two, but three casinos that all pool their money in one vault in Las Vegas. Uh, all three of these casinos are owned by Tony Benedict, played by Andy Garcia, right? Wait, what's his name? Uh, that sounds right. He's a Godfather guy, and we all know that I have a weakness in my body of films I've seen. <laughs> I have studied and read the Godfather. Andy Garcia, yeah. yeah. That sounds like an yeah, ice cream. <laughs> Not a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cherry Cherry Garcia owns <laughs> three casinos. <laughs> so when Cherry Garcia uh, ha is seemingly dating George Clooney's ex-wife, he was locked up for uh, stealing, mm -hmm. obviously. And yeah, he gets. We meet him when he gets out of prison. Meets up with Brad Pitt. He immediately starts putting a gang together. That's why I like this movie so much. Uh, he gets the gang together to rob Tony Benedict's casino and try to win back his ex-wife, whom he still loves. Played by Sandra. Oh, no. Ooh, no. Julia don't Roberts. Make Julia Roberts. Don't make that mistake, Craig. Don't I think do a lot it. of people could have made it. Played by the generic white lady who was famous in the 90s. We love her. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron Diaz. Uma Thurman. Oh. Actually, Cameron Diaz has chops. Have you, seen, uh, have you seen her in Being John Malkovich? Yes. She's good. She's good. She's and really I said good. Uma Thurman, and that was... She is far from... Genetic. Yeah, hey, Uma, Uma didn't deserve that. Hey, more <laughs> on her later. I'm in the middle of my plot summary. So, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so they're trying to rob Cherry Garcia's um, casino with a very elaborate plan everyone playing their different roles and we just see this really fun montage cutting back and forth between the plan and the execution and just like ah oh, 
Man, what a payoff. It's a heist movie with a great payoff, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's a very, very win-win situation. A lot of comeuppance, a lot of um, just satisfying Easter eggs, especially on a rewatch. It's a mostly airtight script with a lot of, um, yeah, I'll say replay value. I'll say that. Rewatch value. What's your relationship with gamer the terms? Uh, I watched gamer it terms on this podcast, young man. <laughs> We're not yes, going to we say do. the gamer word. Yeah. Uh, oh God, I was about to make a Tarantino joke. Oh, <laughs> damn it! Save it! Save it! Save the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, man. Uh, I watched this movie maybe like a, a year or so after it came out, like early two thousands. It's just you know. It's just kind of a blur of what I was watching and when. But I probably saw it, like, before finishing high school, I probably saw it, like, six or seven times. Yeah. And then maybe once or twice since. And then again today, immediately after work, right before this podcast, I watched it again. And it was just as enjoyable, just as fun, just as endearing. Um, Unlike our last movie, I'd say this one ages quite well. Maybe not technologically, but... (laughs) Yeah, not a, not a whole lot of problems here. Um, yeah, you know, this is a movie that I can't remember the first time I watched it. If you were alive in uh, 2001, first of all, you remember exactly where you were on September 11th. Um, you also don't remember where you were and if you saw Ocean's Eleven. Um, I think that's universal. I, I want to say I have memories of it in a theater, but I cannot tell if that's doctored <laughs> or not. Um, I This is... Yeah, it's the two absolute certainties of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I don't man, I, I don't I don't really remember how many times I've seen this. I know I've seen it several. I was never I, I've never liked this movie as much as everybody else does. Um it's I don't hate it, but it's just it's not very impactful to me. I do think it's like fun and cool, but like I just don't have strong feelings about it either way and uh it's well documented our love for dan Harmon on this show and boy does that guy hate heist movies because he has absolutely obliterated the formula of a heist movie on two separate shows both community and rick and morty um and uh, like he's got he's got an axe to grind he's got other stuff going on like a I don't know what the Italian job did to him or what happened to him while he was watching that movie, but like he was clearly hurt by heist movies. And uh, I will say the Rick and Morty episode is a just picture perfect evisceration of the formula that goes into these movies. And so this definitely nice. hit differently after having that like exposed to me. Um, I-, I would say that if you're gonna make a heist movie this is probably the most perfect one but i also don't Mm -hmm. think the genre itself is very compelling you know like so it's this is probably the best heist movie ever made there's no doubt about it um not a lot of problems with it other than just like oh yeah you guys did a crew assembly and then you did um a plan that was actually a fake pan fake plan that had uh, a reveal that the plan was supposed to go wrong and it turns out the cops were you the whole time um you know like and that's it's very back to the futurey for me where i'm like you can't like 
you can't be overly proud of yourself for paying stuff off that you were in complete control of what I knew on. You know, like, you had, like... Okay, yeah. You had complete control over what information you revealed to me. And it's not like you told me and I should have seen it. You just didn't tell me. And then you told me that you didn't tell me. So I'm like, oh, cool, I guess. You know, like, I just... I don't know. I wasn't wowed by it. That's all. That's what I'm trying to say. Long walk, yeah, short I, drink of water. <laughs> I guess I'm more of a sucker for that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I don't think it, like, has to impress me. As long as, like, everything makes sense mm -hmm. to an extent and, like, it's fun, then I don't really give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, you know, there's got to be, like, I want to know what the worst heist movie is. That's what I want to know. If this Tower is the heist. best one... What's the what's the oh? It's Tower ooh. Heist. I haven't even seen it, but I can almost guarantee it just based on like how much people hated it. Can't wait to watch it. You know the best for one? the podcast. You know the best heist movie hmm. ever, The Parent Trap, and I'm not joking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they have a crew of like the butler and the the au pair, I suppose, or the housekeeper. I don't know what I don't know what she is. Um, They've got all these switcheroos and bait and switches and double crosses and a big bad that they take down and goddamn do they make out like bandits. The Parent Trap is a my ice name. Movie. My name is Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> my name is Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> my name is Lindsay Lohan. And then the Lindsay Lohans were actually us the whole time. And what? that's how we escaped with the parents what? out the front door. <laughs> I thought it was a trap. Oh, you're telling me this isn't a trap. Speaking of that voice, Casey Affleck sounds like Jerry Seinfeld in this. <laughs> you can either lose one parent privately or two parents publicly. <laughs> nice. Ah. The parent trap. <laughs> uh brad pitt just sleeps with them both all right so <laughs> i would watch a brad pitt dennis quaid sex scene in a heartbeat <laughs> on record greg. <laughs> i'd watch the greg. whole thing greg turned the volume up for that uh <laughs> <laughs> put an echo effect on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> isolate that uh <laughs> yeah uh i do have a couple of criticisms mm -hmm. we only did it once but I swear to God, every single week that we do, since we did um, American Psycho 2, every single week since then that we've covered a movie from like before 2008, does the choppy frame rate stuttery thing, like almost kind of simulated <laughs> slow-mo effect. I can't stop seeing it since you pointed it out to me. It's in my notes for this movie. I can't stop <laughs> seeing it. It's, it's, it's so bad. It's like... It's for stuff that doesn't even need to happen. It's like for like George Clooney fucking standing around, but for some reason we drop three <laughs> looking out of at every Matt four Damon. frames. Like, <laughs> how else are we supposed to look at Matt Damon standing on a train? <laughs> oh my god! Do you think it works that uh, Will Hunting is canon in this movie, and that's Matt Damon's character, just a little bit older? Hmm. Is that is that a fact? I don't know. 
I was a little inebriated while I watched it, and I wrote that down with no further discussion. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I really understand what your point was, My Drunk point Denny. Was, he's kind of smart, and uh, he's Matt Damon, so that could believably be Will Hunting. <laughs> All right, cool. We don't know where he was driving at the end of the movie. He could have been driving to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's the reveal. There's a lot of loose ends in Goodwill Hunting that tie. Remember in Elysium into... when, remember in Elysium when he's like, "How about them apples, aliens, <laughs> you or lost robots, me or whatever?" Do you remember anything about Elysium? No. <laughs> I remember that I saw it with my brother nice. when I was visiting him in college. <laughs> Can't tell you much else. <sighs> There's a ship. So. um... <laughs> It was like a live-action other... Wally, one of Disney's laziest, honestly, of all the live-action remakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, my my only other critique was giving Don Cheadle an accent is ill-advised. Okay, so that was messing with me because this is one of his like earlier movies, and in my head I was like. Is Don Cheadle always doing an American accent other than in this movie? Like, like I, I, yeah, like, I was confused. I, like, I didn't think of him as British, right? Like, it's it's a real The Wire situation. It's a reverse The Wire situation where you're watching The Wire and you're like, man, nine of these black actors are actually British. What the fuck is going on? I don't know, I <laughs> Idris seen Elba. The Wire. Idris Elba is the main one. Uh, but yeah, like. And then you're like, wait, oh, this guy's American. It's just a really bad British <laughs> Didn't add anything. Didn't need to be yeah, there. Why, why did he need to be British? Mm, someone had to be annoying by nature. British, they are a bit annoying. I will say that. Um, mm. Sometimes Vanessa watches Bridgerton at 8 a.m. And I don't know. How <laughs> what, like what, what does she watch? Bridgerton. <laughs> that show that you can't say without mumbling. <laughs> You can't say the name of it without a mumble. Oh. Bridgerton. <laughs> I, I can't imagine a show I would be less interested in. Honestly, I don't even sure I can, the show. but I, I just like to make fun of the title. Uh, Bridgerton. <laughs> Bridgerton. Um, so, but like on that note of like Don Cheadle, uh, Vanessa. Oh, there's Boba. Vanessa, bring me that, please. I love you. Um, the Book of Boba Tea? Yes. This is our most, like, okay. I'm, I'm surprised that I'm, like, so sober because we're all over the place right now. Um, but there's a bunch of weird stuff about this movie. Like, just, like, strange things where, like, Don Cheadle has a British accent for no reason. Um, there's a bunch of, like, surreal scenes where, like, George Clooney and Brad Pitt will have conversations with themselves while also talking to the other person there's like a scene where like they're like doing slow-mo and playing sexy music while julia roberts is dressed like a 90s senator like it's like the weirdest <laughs> thing man like hell yeah dude some very strange choices hey vanessa thank you oh, oh vanessa's heisting me yeah. this she switched my drinks the drink was there all along <laughs> Oh no! The Vanessa's the cops. <laughs> Vanessa was in the cup the whole time. <laughs> what a heist! Uh, Dunny, I got news for you. I'm Vanessa. <laughs> oh my god! So, so continuing on the postman. Uh, 
This is Bridgerton Hour with Vanessa. <laughs> what were we talking about? Don Cheadle's accent? Just weird to go choices. On some other thing? Oh, yeah. Ninety Sexy 90s senator. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? And, like, again, some of the dialogue is, like, unintentionally surrealistic. Like, when they're just like, we should do another one, right? Okay, you're right. Yeah. Okay. We'll do another one. You you were right. Like, it's, it's so weird. It's... It's trying to do Aaron Sorkin stuff, and it's not earning it. And, you know, take that how you will. Yeah. But <laughs> I, it's try, it, it tries to be... It's, I think it's a very smart story, and the script sometimes tries to match it and overcompensate mm-hmm. and be like, oh, it's also like a super smart, quippy kind of script, and like it all doesn't necessarily work all of the time very fair take like especially on like and on the subject of things being unearned man something that really took this movie down a notch in terms of theme for me was that i was not feeling the the pit clooney bromance i really wasn't like i felt like they were okay, telling yeah. me that they were really good friends but never showing me that like it was just based it's... on nothing I think you're right. I do get that sense too, and I think it's just like they're trying to tell us that, and the way it's communicated is because they've had the most screen time together, mm-hmm. and like they're the first characters that meet, and then they're, I think, like you know, the last characters that meet up at the end, mm-hmm. except with um, Tess at the end, of course. Yeah. But like they kind of bookend the movie together, and then there's like a swell of eleven in the middle, mm-hmm. and then yeah. So they're supposed to be, like, the best friends in the group. And it, yeah, I I see what you're saying where it doesn't really seem like it. It doesn't really seem like their relationship is fleshed out in any way. So I'll give you that one. Yeah, this was a very yellow movie for reasons I didn't understand. Um, They color corrected Hmm. so much. Dude, I thought the image quality looked kind of shitty. Like, it was one of those early 2000s movies. They say Tope is very soothing. What? That's from the movie. Oh. That's from the movie. I don't think Never I mind. was as into it as you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a problem with the score. I don't hate. I didn't movie, mind it, but I'm. I didn't so mind it one bit. <laughs> I have a problem with the cinematography, the score, the characters, the writing, the dialogue, the actors. But I still like. <laughs> well, it's one of those movies where like because everyone loves it so much i always want to love it more but then i watch this i watch it and i this is what i see you know like and it's just kind of sloppy in so many ways the story's not like the story's pretty airtight but like um dude there were some like big moments like the big reveal like the the climax of the movie which is super fun it has a fucking dvd loading screen soundtrack like it's like so <laughs> unexciting. It's seriously just like do 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 techno noises. Like it's not like there's no like bass line or any like bum 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 or like it's just like it's so bad. Like it's a bad score for such a big moment and it sounds like stock music. I, it was what the fuck was that about? I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I can't help you there. I'm sorry. 
that's all I really have. I guess I just wrote down a bunch of negatives. Um, I liked their suits some of the time. Yeah, I mean, it is the early 2000s, so the hit rate can't be that high. It did make me as want... Far as, as far as fashion goes. Yeah. It made me want to go to Vegas, which I think is the real point of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I've never really liked Vegas, but it got me thinking I might. So that it was effective in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I always judge a movie based on its ability to promote tourism mm-hmm. and wherever it's at Mm -hmm. um uh you have much else i think i'm i think i'm pretty set here yeah same i think it was an interesting prequel to stranger things um i i I can only assume that on some level they were using eleven's psychic powers to help them rob the casino hence the name oceans eleven but do you think it's problematic that the title implies ownership of her? Um, I mean, Brenner certainly felt ownership of her. The United States government felt ownership of her. Um, Brenner's Eleven doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Yeah, I think that's the the sequel to Ocean's Thirteen that isn't Ocean's Eight that we're all waiting for, which is Eleven's Eleven. And that is when <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown adopts my dog because I was killed by Danny Ocean. And she has to heist my life back from the upside down and put it back into my body because as we all know no one important really dies on stranger things and i'm important (laughs) i'm gonna be back in episode one of season five baby (laughs) i was gonna think of one of the kids names but i can't um i haven't i haven't seen it in a while they should just kill the you know the one kid i can't remember his name will byers <laughs> they, yeah will they should just kill will Wouldn't and just, miss him. you know kill will commit starring uma thurman volume one <laughs> <laughs> all right denny what is your brother's got a hug moment for oceans um, 11 i'll give i'll give a runner-up um actually no I'm, I'm gonna switch my runner-up to my winner um my winner is well it's just something i really believe I believe the world would be a better place if more bros got together to look at fountains. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. You love seeing a bunch of bros watching a water show. But my, my, my brother's got a hug moment is when everybody gathered around to watch their bro do a backflip. Um, that was such a, like, best sleepover yeah. ever moment. You know, like, that everyone got together <laughs> to watch it and cheer him on. I was like, yeah dudes rock when that happens so what's what's yours what's your brother's got a hug moment the 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 dudes rock moments i think were a little few and far between for me because it always felt like they were at work Mm -hmm. and not really like friends most of the time but like the moments where they were friends really landed for me Mm -hmm. um i i did have a runner-up special love to our guy bruiser that that get, beats up uh, Danny in the uh, room with no cameras. Oh, but yeah. my my brother's got a hug moment is uh, in a very similar vein. All the dudes just understanding Yen when he speaks Chinese, whether they actually do or not. <laughs> He'll say something in Chinese that they're like, "No, we can't dig a tunnel because <laughs> they got motion sensors." Everyone speaks Chinese. I like it. They speak the language of bro. That's what's really important. That's right. All right, Denny. Uh, what's your favorite line from Ocean's Eleven? Oh shit! Let me see. <laughs> I don't know if I wrote one down. Hold on. Right. You want you want me to go? Yeah, you go. 
Oh wait, I've got mine. I, gotta... I actually love it, but you can go. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I'm gonna go for Brad Pitt saying, "I'm sorry, we've lost him." Mostly because I've got to <laughs> infer that that's a that's a, a a a little ribbon on George Clooney from his role in ER. Um, is what I is what that's how that read to me at least. I don't know if it's how it's intended, but it seemed like a little lighthearted jab at a buddy of Brad Pitt playing his character a Dude, little and making fun of him. It's such a quick little reveal of him like stepping into focus mm-hmm. with like the wig and the glasses. Did somebody call for a doctor? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> fuck, that's funny. Because mm-hmm. he's so like on the outside of most of the stuff, and you're just like. <laughs> Yep. Oh, that was a good moment. That was good. Um, yeah, I have a couple runners up. Uh, one of my favorite ones from a king, rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Uh, Mr. 3000 himself. You might as well call it White Jack. That was a great line. So, <laughs> uh, another one from our guy Bruiser, who's beating up Danny. Danny asks, how's your wife? And Bruiser just says, pregnant again <laughs> fucking hilarious uh, followed but by george clooney's that does happen that does happen <laughs> sometimes wives get pregnant See, you got it uh but my favorite one is uh clooney and damon staring at the vault door saying there's a 95 pound chinese man with 160 million dollars behind this door let's get him out yeah let's get him out <laughs> What is uh what's your critic or score, bro? Um, I like this movie, man. I like it a lot. I think it's a ton of fun. I think I like it a whole lot more than you do, which is why I gave it a thirty-two. Nice. Out of forty. Um, I don't hate it. I think it's okay. So I give it a thirty-five out of fifty. There's some pretty fun parts in it. Nothing really to write home about, if you ask me. But I'd watch it pretty much whenever. I don't really give a shit. It doesn't make me mad, you know. And it's pretty fun. So, thirty-five out of fifty for me. We like it. We like the movie, kind of. Greg does. Hell yeah. I'm indifferent. Like I really am, just indifferent. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot of strong feelings. So, Denny, who's gonna seamless edit the shit out of you next week? Mannix, cats. The Country Bears. How about Batman versus Superman? Bing. Pow. Choom. Zoom. <laughs> down goes you. Down goes your career as a leading podcast man. Well, I think I know exactly who's going to seamless out of me next week, but I'll save the reveal because we're going to heist it, baby. Oh, okay. Hold on. We're mixing things up here. We're <laughs> back. <laughs> I'm still heisting. Yeah, that was that was before Denny. That was once upon a time, and this is once upon a time yeah. in Hollywood. Woo! There's a ellipses in there, but I didn't deliver it. So, the 2019 Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is available on Hulu. I think you need like the premium live TV package, but I, uh, I, I have the Blu-ray, so whatever. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. I had to rent it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I I got the Blu-ray as soon as it came out. Um, I'll summarize the plot for us. This was my pick mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood is basically an alternate take on history, kind of revolving around the um, 
Charlie Manson business in the late 60s, early 70s. So we've got two fake characters inserted into this real time in history in Hollywood in the late 60s. Uh, we've got Rick Dalton, a country cowboy TV star from Bounty Law. And we've got his stunt double, Cliff Booth, played by Brad Pitt. Rick Dalton was played by Leonardo DiCaprio very well. And these two are just conjoined at the hip. They're always trying to work together. But uh, Rick's career is on a little bit of a decline. Mm -hmm. He's... His show gets canceled. He tries to do some movies. Those don't really find any success. He's not finding a lot of roles. He's not really sticking on any TV shows, and he's feeling a little useless and left by the wayside. And he's coming to terms with that. Coming to terms with maybe having to make some career changes, but he's got his old buddy Cliff with him, his old stunt double, trying to have him tag along for any work that he can actually find. Yeah. And we got Margot Robbie as... Sharon Tate. Yes. Um, it's just kind of a story following our two guys, Sharon Tate. They're living actually next door to each other when she's married to uh, Rowan Polanski. And it's we're just kind of going... We The first, like, three quarters of this movie are just a day in Hollywood between these three characters. Yeah. Sharon Tate goes and sees a movie starring herself. Um, Rick Dalton has a shoot for a pilot for a tv show and cliff booth is fixing up the house hanging out with his dog and driving a hippie girl home to uh spawn movie ranch <laughs> and so yeah we just follow the three of them around hollywood they have their own little adventures and stories they meet back together and then there's a little shift we've got cliff and rick flying out to italy to start doing uh, italian movies rick is kind of revitalizing his career a little bit comes back to America with his Italian wife, Francesca, and uh, that's when the Manson shit starts happening. Instead of targeting Sharon Tate's home, they target Cliff's home. But, or sorry, Rick's home with Cliff inside, with an attack dog, by the way. And history has changed forever. Hooray. Denny, what's your relationship with this movie? Um, I've gone back and forth on this movie a lot because I saw it in theaters knowing nothing about Sharon Tate or like the the Manson murders the Helter Skelter stuff mm -hmm. so I actually was in the same boat yeah really? I didn't I really didn't know I think I think I knew about it I just didn't remember her name and there's like a shot of their like street name and I was just like I don't know where that is yeah <laughs> just like, I, I didn't really know much about it same I knew like literally I knew that like Charles Manson led a cult and is a crazy guy and he got people to kill some people that, in kind of random ways, right? Like, that's all I really knew. So, I didn't really understand what was going on in this movie the first time I saw it. I also had a really big chip on my shoulder about westerns at the time uh, that I, I think I've come to terms with at this point. Um, but, like, there was a time in the theater when I, like, briefly thought i was watching tarantino's first dud um and even someone who is like a massive massive tarantino fan i was like oh my god man i get it you like the 70s and westerns like how many movies do you have to make <laughs> to get that point across <laughs> like i get it um 
But uh, <clears throat> I settled on liking it, but like not really feeling it, you know. And then on this watch, knowing more about the history of what happened, I was like, oh, okay, this is a really good movie. I like this movie a lot. So um, okay. I, I really came around to it this time around. What about you? What's your relationship? No, it's really good to hear. Um, I have a different feeling about it. So this is one of the first movies that my wife and I watched in theaters together, and we went and saw it a second time Ooh. in theaters she loves this movie I know she does, yeah. and i was just like i think her loving it makes me love it a lot more mm-hmm. it's just like it's it's our movie for like it's like nothing else we really feel like watching this is one of the movies we feel like watching we've probably watched it like six or seven times together and i love it each time so i th- yeah this must have been the sixth or seventh time i watched it yeah so like i said a couple times in theaters also didn't really know the story but that didn't keep me from getting into i was just like really sinking into the atmosphere and the vibe of this movie i was just i was feeling it a little bit more and like 60s and 70s like hollywood nostalgia it's not really a thing i pine after at all like so never mind i was agreeing with something you weren't saying i don't like i don't mind it it's not something i'm like don't want to see in a movie or but it's just like something i really wouldn't seek out but like tarantino doing it it feels like there's just a whole nother level of like um sincerity respect research like in depth it's just it just feels like he really has a feel for it and doesn't present it like a man remember these times it was just kind of it's just a very not i don't want to say plain but like a very straightforward presentation of what it was yeah. back then i guess so i'm 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 really loving my visit to late 60s hollywood in this movie dude it is like an absolute filmmaking marvel how many like long and wide shots he got of a completely immersive like 60s 70s hollywood like i don't know dude, how he yeah. did it like it's it's stupid good like crazy good there there were so many moments where i'm just like okay we get it like you're on the highway we can swap out the cars but what about these signs what about these buildings like everything's painted different like there's got to be so much care and detail and like you're saying all these wide shots uh like how do we cover up the 2019 of it all yeah and bring us back 50 years to what used because you know there's films pictures it's one of the probably one of the most photographed places in that era you could probably find you know he's probably got stacks and stacks and albums and albums of photographs of these streets of these times so yeah it it was it was like something that obviously you know what you're going for but how do you execute it that's got to be very tricky some of those driving shots through the city man like i just those were the best parts. I know. No, they're like some of the best parts of the movie. And I just, I'm like, did you CGI it really good? You know, <laughs> like, was that all on mm-hmm. a green screen? How did you do that? Like, and apparently too, when it has all like the neon signs lighting up, you and I wouldn't know this. I, I saw it in like a video or something, but it's like, those were very famous haunts of Hollywood at the time. Like those were, uh, if you were in LA in that time, apparently those are places you would recognize, like every single place that had the lights coming on. So, yeah, really I, cool. I kind of figured, like they they talk, 
um, they gave us like the voiceover, and it's just like they're at the famous El Coyote, mm-hmm. and like one of my favorite ones was the Taco Bell that lit up. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I love <laughs> old fast food, man. I love it so much. Well, not old fast food, but like oh, old yeah. fast food branding. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Did you see that um, that mall where they, like, this is a total sidebar, mm-hmm. they, like, tore down a wall inside of, like, a mall. They were going to, like, renovate it, and there was, like, a perfectly preserved Burger King from, like, the early 90s in there. You need to send me that. That is the kind of shit I like to see. The, the worst part about it is there's only, like, one picture of it. Oh, uh, they destroyed it? No, like whoever like was doing the project took one picture and like i don't know if any more pictures got taken of it or not i don't i assume it's still there but it was it was really cool to see i would want to see that so bad i i just love that and that's that's what this yeah this movie feels preserved yeah i think that's what it's like it's like finding that piece and obviously we weren't alive back then but it does feel like we found a piece of like really preserved history yeah and it's you know shot excellently and just shown in the wide angle and it just feels real it's insane yeah man like it's one of the most immersive atmospheric movies and even when i like even when i first saw it and was like that was like confusing and strange and i didn't know why they were doing most of what they were doing i was like yeah but that atmosphere was something special you know (laughs) like that was Mm -hmm. it was really cool Mm -hmm. man um I wanted to touch on um there's a video from wisecrack which is a really great channel um that breaks down like what they what they interpret as tarantino's voice in this movie um okay it's basically him like it's basically him asking the questions our protagonist is asking and he's apparently reading a book about someone asking those same questions but they see it as tarantino being like I'm in a Hollywood I don't recognize. I'm nearing the end of my career. This is not the place it was in 1993. You know, like... um, Yeah. And, like, and there's, like, a point of, like, him kind of, like, doing the stuff he normally does and even being, like, does anyone want to watch this? Like, the feet are, like, gross, you know? Like, and they're they're (laughs) pressed up against glass. Like That's not going to stop him. Yeah, truly. But, like, it it, it almost rings as though he's saying, like, what I do is stupid. Who wants this? Does anyone actually want to see this? And it seems to be him, like, asking these questions of, like, who am I as a filmmaker? Do I belong in the modern world? And then, then like, even, you know, the the monologue in the car of, like, we grew up watching murder on TV. We're going to kill the people who taught us to kill is just, like, the direct voices of, like, Tarantino's detractors. You know, like, and then... Mm-hmm. The climax of the movie is him going like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do what I always do and make it hyper violent. And I'm going to alter history. And I'm going to send you home with a good long look at my fucking red apple cigarettes. Bitches. I'm still doing it. I don't care if I don't fit in in modern <laughs> Hollywood. Which just like, I uh, that's their interpretation, right? Like, And I don't know if that's what he's thinking but like that makes me like the movie more looking at it through that lens 
as a big Tarantino fan, and don't get me wrong, every Tarantino fan likes to make fun of Tarantino. It's part of it. Um, <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. like probably my favorite director ever. Like he's at least up there. It's 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 him or the Coen Brothers. You know, like I, I love his work and. I also love how he'll respond when, like, you know, like that clip out there that's like, it's a woman asking him on the news. Because it's so, so much, much fun! fun. Like, won't even entertain the idea that what he's doing in the violent movies is bad. Just, like, won't take the question seriously. And I'm like, namaste, senpai. <laughs> namaste. <laughs> you're the man. Uh, I don't usually think you're the man when I see Quentin Tarantino do an interview, but that time I did. <laughs> Uh, that's right oh man i i think it's it's i i understand people that might have an issue where it feels like maybe it's a celebration of violence against women but like i don't know like knowing the context of what's going on like i get it i don't want to like celebrate violence against women by any means and like Oh man! But the violence is in self-defense like, in the movie. Like they're trying to kill him. Yeah, but then it's like the Tarantino hyper violence, and like again, I don't care. This stuff is all stuff I enjoy seeing, and I can separate. You know, is there like a message that this is good yeah. kind of stuff? And it's just like, I I think people are a little hesitant to really enjoy it when it's just like oh he's just doing the tarantino violent thing again i thought we were getting a different movie but you know if it if it kind of follows what you were saying from that video then i don't really care and while i was watching it i also didn't really care if if it's gonna do like the tarantino hyper violent stuff so be it he's he's got his stuff that's what I love him for. He's, he's got it in his tool belt. He's going to use it. I mean, I'd, I'd be very open to hearing a female perspective because if, if it read as a celebration of violence towards women to women, I might be willing to just be like, well, I'm a male and I didn't see it that way, so I'm ready to listen. But, like, it just didn't it didn't read to me like gender was a factor in that hyper-violence scene. Like, it's just like, you yeah. could have switched the genders around and I don't think the scene would have played any differently whatsoever. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that, where it didn't, in that moment, it felt like attackers in a home. It did not feel like, man, women, grr, stab, stab, smash face, smash face. If Um, that was Tex that got his face smashed into the wall repeatedly. I kind of wish it was. Yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) I just don't think the scene would have hit differently. You know, like I just, it -hmm. it seemed interchangeable to me, but I don't know. I'd be willing to hear other opinions from people who might have been affected differently by it yeah and this movie does address toxic masculinity yeah with our little our little friend julia butters man movies that we like often well in two cases feature minor goofball characters from i think you should leave julia butters from the tammy crafts commercial <gasps> what is here you you just now realize i that? did not know this yeah, that's the girl from the Tammy Crafts commercial. She smokes five Macanudos a day. That's right. That's a lot. Uh, how many LBs do you think she weighs? Oh, that's uh, 64, 64 LBs. <laughs> yeah, she like... I, I almost had this as my brother's got a hug moment, but I couldn't because it was a girl. I don't know. 
Like, this is a dude's rock movie, and she's a girl. But, like, because of her character, I refer to female actors as actors. I don't say actresses anymore, uh, unless I'm talking about, like, specific Academy Awards or something. But, like, she she mentions that in the movie. And I say actor, not actress. Because she, oh, she rocks. She's one of the best parts of this movie. I think she's my favorite character. But, like, she address, she checks... Um, his toxic toxic masculinity in a very good way where she's like i don't like nicknames like pumpkin puss but since you're upset we'll talk about it some other time (laughs) (laughs) she respects the vulnerability he's displaying but is also ready to speak up about something she's she rocks she's also like 10 years old and is much more mature than him and (laughs) And I also love that, like, she does this whole monologue about, like, how she prefers to remain in character on set because it helps her be the best she can be. And then, like, mm-hmm. as soon as they wrap it, she, like, they, they just give you a little bit of it. But she goes back to being, a, like, a normal little girl. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember what she says, but it's just real quick. It's like, I had a lot I of fun today. I got pads on. Oh, I, I got pads on. Yeah. I got the pads on. And then she tells Cliff... That's that was the best acting I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you. Dude, I I love that that's like it's you know, it takes place over a long time, but there's like probably forty five minutes of screen time dedicated solely to DiCaprio's character fucking up and forgetting a couple of lines, punishing himself with like self verbal abuse in the mirror. <laughs> When in like probably the funniest scene yeah. and then like really nailing it and getting it back together and really nailing it in the last scene that they filmed yeah. it's just like it's captivating cinema of just like a guy screwing up a little bit and then getting uh, getting better it showed the the darkness and ugliness of alcoholism you know like that like this is a man who hates himself <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. and it was so weird man he did a good job at it, but it was so weird watching Leo DiCaprio be so insecure. Because uh, he's always playing, like, confident, wonderful, great Gatsby-ass characters. You know, like, <laughs> like it was so weird watching him, like, drunkenly stutter and, like, be unsure of himself. It was, it was, it was a good performance, yeah. though. I thought it was a terrific performance. He's like, yeah, like you're saying, the stuttering and everything, just kind of. Sorry, keep the talking. country accent. I got excited about something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that that was pretty much it. I thought he was, you know, Brad Pitt won the Oscar for supporting actor in this movie. DiCaprio was nominated, but he didn't win because you know Joker. So uh, whatever. What you gonna do? Um, but I, I thought he was excellent in this movie. Uh, you're excited. What, what you got going? Speaking of, I think you should leave actors. Did you notice Kate Berlant, the ticket taker? Okay, who is she in, in the show? All Garfield, Perfect Party House. Oh my god! <laughs> she also has a really good special called Would It Kill You to Laugh with John Early on a Peacock right now. She's wonderful. Yeah. She, she was the ticket taker. I never noticed it until this watch. Oh, that's awesome. You think I could get a picture? Actually, could you stand by the Garfield poster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's again, they elevate the mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. We got to have uh, Patty Wilson in <laughs> in the next one. I I better see Chunky in the next Dune movie. <laughs> <laughs> My god, what is that thing? Is it a sandworm? No. That's chunky. a chunky. <laughs> what does Chunky do? <laughs> He's going to smash our laptops. Go, go, go. Wait, what's Paul Atreides' job? Tables! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. um, uh, Minor note, did you think that Dakota Fanning, she played uh, Squeaky From in this Mm -hmm. movie, I thought she looked like a lot like Clementine from Eternal Sunshine. Who's Squeaky? Is that the redhead? Yeah. The little redhead girl. Oh! Uh, yeah. she had similar hair. I don't. I don't know. I didn't draw the comparison, what? but I wouldn't call you out on it. Dakota Fanning. Uh, no, Clementine. Br- yeah, Dakota Fanning is the actor. Never I know mind. Who Dakota All right, Fanning I guess you didn't see it. Hold on, one second. You don't know who Dakota Fanning I know. is? No, she was in War of the Worlds. Okay, and Ocean's Eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Um, oh, gross. She was in. I don't know. It came up as a search when I was trying to type. Dakota Fanning once upon a time in Hollywood so I could see if maybe I did think she looked like Clementine. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no, I see it. I see it. I see it. She does look like Clementine. You are correct. Thank you. That's all I wanted. Yeah, George's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Played by Bruce Dern, our Confederate general from um, uh, Hateful Eight. But yeah, thankfully this time no n words in the whole movie. Whoa, We've that's improved, be a Quentin. New record for Tarantino. Oh, man, what an improvement, Mr. Tarantino. With great discipline, we understand you were able to go ninety full minutes without saying a racial slur. What was your process like for this picture? <laughs> <laughs> People can change, Denny. People can change. It used to be a um, piece of shit. But now he just says the N-word off camera. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, weirdly... I felt like... Go ahead. Yeah, I just sticking with that George Spawn, the Spawn Ranch scene, I feel like that scene is like maybe five or six minutes too long. I think that's fair, like, yeah. That's kind of a dip in the movie for me, at least when I'm like, in terms of like um, settling in and investing with the vibe and everything i just feel like i'm not really into it for that entire bit like i get why it has to play out that way but like the first time seeing it it's just like very tense it it delivers a lot of tension of like what's really happened to george are they kidnapping him are they holding him hostage in some way and then like the scene plays out fine and then on a rewatch you're like okay we don't really need to spend all this time building up to something that was just like the dude's just taking a nap yeah right well, and I, I feel like the point of it is to throw you off right like and not just like throw you off the hint of the plot but to like emotionally disorient you a little bit and it accomplishes mm-hmm. that point because it's like you know everything about filmmaking tells you shit's gonna go down when they when he gets to that room and then it's just exactly what they said it was and it turns out they're all just acting really weird um I just feel like it's all it's all to build up the payoff for him, you know, killing them all later. 
um, and make that just mean a little something more, and also to like tease yeah, I get to that. tease Charles Manson. You know, like that's what they're really trying to do. They like Charlie's yeah. gonna love you, which I didn't pick up the first time because I didn't know they were fucking with Charles Manson at all. Um, but it it went on a little long. I, I would agree with you. I, I I don't dislike it, but especially the first time I saw it in the no theater, no not at all. I felt like it went on way too long and. This time, I don't know, it played a little better for me, but I remember initially thinking it was, like, a kind of jarring departure from a movie that jumps around so much to just do such a long, extended scene in one location. It was weird. Mm -hmm. In, like, a very separate location, Mm -hmm. too. Well, yeah. Never take a hitchhiking hippie to a second location. (laughs) Uh. I did appreciate that uh, when he picked her up that time, uh, he says third time's a charm and uh, we're like wait he's only met her once before and then they cut back way later to him sell- to her selling him an acid cigarette dude no no no, no. you're that's not at all right oh. <laughs> that's not that's not her what he's that's not her <laughs> are you serious that's a different person entirely <laughs> I yeah gotta pay more better he, attention. he sees her he sees her in the very beginning she's carrying a jar of pickles and then he's he sees her again and she's like are you going this way and he's like no i'm going that way and she does like the little crying face thing yeah, yeah. and then the third time is when he actually picks her up well i feel like a jackass anyway um, i haven't been this yeah, embarrassed okay. since uh the the <laughs> treasure planet incident of the podcast <laughs> i don't remember I don't what remember i didn't understand about that movie but i remember it was bad <laughs> i'll listen back and make fun of you later please do um so rick goes to italy to do some movies one of those movies operation dynamite <laughs> is directed by none other than antonio Margarete, mm. which was i like that uh tarantino doubles up on referencing this guy he was a real antonio Margarete was a real italian director mm. um but he he references him first in Inglorious Bastards, where Eli Roth has to pretend to be an Italian film director, so they just give him a fake name, Antonio Margheriti. So like, Antonio was you know twelve at the time, so he obviously wasn't a director during World War Two. Yeah. So <laughs> it's totally believable that that was made up. That's funny. I didn't. But know that. yeah, I liked. And then Operazione Dynamite is directed by antonio margarete like he he brings the guy up again and i think that was really cool that definitely feeds the the same universe theories too i like it because yeah it's you know the alternate history thing they're so similar and it, at least in that regard yeah. so pretty cool not much else <laughs> pretty cool uh, oh, all right man you ready to uh, gimmick this I thing, or what, uh, you got anything I, I, else? There was something I was gonna say, and oh, it was stupid. But this movie made me re- realize how long it's been since I've listened to the radio. Um, <laughs> like, are people still oh, doing yeah. that? Uh, I guess maybe so. Apparently, yeah, I, that's the another thing I wanted to bring up. The soundtrack in this movie kicks so ass. Fucking good. Bring a little water. Bring a little wine. So good. 
that's not going to be synced up. But that's fine. Yeah, it was cool. I I loved it. It's just ref. It's referencing a bunch of stuff, and it doesn't come across to me as Tarantino Tarantino being like, "Look at all this cool stuff that I know about, and you guys should know about." Yeah. Like, no, no, I know these like, um, low like these mid-level artists from the 60s and 70s yeah. that you guys don't know about no it doesn't come across like that it just feels more like characters are listening to stuff that's on the radio yeah. i thought they were and like all they major made. hits i didn't know about and was grateful to learn about them you know like and hey maybe maybe they were i don't know i don't know oh, that's I've my got parents. No idea <laughs> um dude i don't think they want to watch this movie. have you listened to the soundtrack because i actually did something cool with it no, I haven't. The soundtrack has like it's 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 edited like a radio broadcast, um, and so like if you look oh, it up cool. on Spotify, it'll have like intros and outros of like their um, I, I want to say real Don Steele. Um, it's just kind of neat, kind of a cool thing they did. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age did it first. Oh well, um, <laughs> could have fooled me. Whatever, and they did. Um, they did it. All right. Let's do these gimmicks, yeah. buddy. What is your, what is your brother's got a hug moment? Um, let me, let me figure it out. <laughs> I might not have written yeah. one down. Well, I realized I, it didn't fit because I took my, um, I took my notes, um, with the idea that this was a dude's rocking moment, but I realized it doesn't actually fit. Um, it's not really a moment of camaraderie. You know what? I'll just go with this. What I was going to say was uh, Brad Pitt doing parkour up a house with a beer in his tool belt to take off his shirt and fix the TV and smoke a cigarette. Even his shadow is cool. Um, <laughs> that is even his shadow. That is fan service if I've ever oh, seen it, by the it's way. so awesome. But I'll just say um, <laughs> when, when Brad Pitt's getting in the ambulance and uh, – they say see you tomorrow mm -hmm. you know like to let you know that the friendship's yeah. going to continue even without the hey, employment you're a good friend rick i try mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. god damn i love that moment like it was the when um, they were breaking up so to speak i was like are you guys so toxically masculine that you just can't admit that you would rather hang out with each other every day forever than not that that's what you want to do and you don't have to have a business relationship that's but they haven't admitted to themselves anyway that that's basically what they're doing yeah that's true it's like the, he's having trouble getting his stunt double work like every time he's on a production it's like well this guy knows that you killed your wife mm -hmm. so <laughs> i can't i don't i don't need you to work here today mm -hmm. so like they haven't worked together on a project in years and they're still like hanging out and he's still in his employment and like their relationship could it's just like any other movie it would just be like a real codependence a codependent relationship yeah. ah, you see i'm learning hey. things but it, it really is just two guys looking out for each other yeah. um they're open with each other but they're like respecting boundaries like cliff isn't saying like hey since you're the rich tv star can i live in your house since you're not getting me any work like it could turn into that pretty easily but he's just like no like cliff wants his space he's just gonna he likes to drive around la he likes to live by himself out in the boonies with his dog yep. and just chill that way live his own life so i don't know i th i think them kind of breaking up is like they have a, maybe not acknowledged that 
their working relationship died maybe a long time ago. Yeah. And it's just like now there's really no purpose. <laughs> like I really can't afford to keep you employed anymore. Yeah. I just I thought of Jeff telling Abed and Troy like have you guys realized that you want to be together so bad that you would rather hit each other with pillows for all of eternity than stop hanging out? So why don't you just hang out? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that so nice? Yeah. Dude, we've made like nine community references we're, on this We're really, <laughs> this we're really episode. doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's what's your. Every, every. Every, every gimmick, I'm like, how can I deploy Troy here? Hmm. <laughs> deploy Troy! <laughs> they deploy football players, right? I went for rhyme other than instead of alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dude's rock yeah. moment, man? Or your brother's got a hug moment? My brother's got a hug moment is just, well, what else are we going to do? I got a six-pack of beer in the back. Let's go in and watch your FBI episode, yeah! buddy. Yeah! <laughs> I figured we'd watch it together, right? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so awesome. And then they're yeah, sitting just, there being like, oh, and he's like, there he is. <laughs> oh, that guy's a fucking prick. Yeah. Like, hey, that was a good jump. Oh, watch out for this guy. Nice, with that shotgun. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. It's a really it's a real perfect like movie buddy moment but the camera is never on them it's only on the screen yeah. of what they're watching and it's just the dialogue we hear in the background of them kind of like commentating on it between uh themselves it rocks well, i love it it was so wholesome because like you could kind of tell that uh that brad pitt was doing it because he knows that like leo dicaprio is sad um and he knows that like he needs to keep pretending that he's a really big deal and so he just like kind of kind of like <laughs> participates in the fantasy with him a little bit like it was a selfless act you know just to, to give him a nice yeah. night you know uh yeah it's he's not pumping his tires to like elevate his own status with this guy it's just like no that's just what a friend does yeah. kind of thing this is important to like, you so it'll be important and he's also yeah exactly and maybe he is he's actually kind of impressed with some of the stuff you yeah. know like a lot of it is is genuine too so it's just it's perfect yeah. um all right uh favorite lines denny let's see i'll give a runner-up which is line because <laughs> it's so oh, not just for the joke that's but because uh <laughs> that really was a really cool filmmaking mm. moment when you realize you're watching the camera film the show right like it's it, it was mm. that was really line. really well done what 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 was it? T tell her to fed, play her fiddle. Fetch her five dollar gold coin. She plays her little chili pepper heart out. Yeah, <laughs> got it. All right, go again. Yeah, um, but man, I loved this line. This is my number one easy. Um, when you come to the end of the line with a buddy who is more oh. than a brother and a little less than a wife, getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. <laughs> it was yes. so well worded. <laughs> I had considered that one. Absolutely. What about uh, you? I, I love that I love that whole uh voiceover during that segment. Really bridged the two uh bits of the movie together very well. Uh I had a runner up, which was the hell are you looking at, you little ginger haired fucker? <laughs> <laughs> Just a drunk DiCaprio holding a blender full of margarita <laughs> slapping the hood of a beat up car. <laughs> Um, 
But my favorite line, shout out to Jeremy Hayes, who is a special effects, special effects coordinator, director, participant on tons of movies. Rick Dalton says, yeah, yeah, that's, that's too hot. Anything we can do about that heat? And this guy says, Rick, it's a flamethrower. <laughs> I love it. It's very early on, yeah. but it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm into this now. <laughs> I wanted to give an honorable mention. I forgot about it. To, um, I'm one pool party away from starring in the next Roman Polanski picture. Because he was. <laughs> it just wasn't the kind of pool party you would expect. Ah. They were foreshadowing. Well, shit, I torched the last one. <laughs> torched? Yeah. I got I got a flamethrower from the 14 fists of McCluskey. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, all right, Denny, what'd you uh, get this rating on the old Critiker? Oh, shit. I think I gave it a 42, but let me double check. No, wait, I bumped it up to a 43 on this watch. Raised it a whole point um hell yeah yeah 43 is kind of a spot of honor for me it's like uh we're not going to talk about how you didn't quite break that ceiling into all time 45 and above category we're just going to say it was really damn good it's a, it's a, I, I only give it to special movies it's like my favorite rating actually um so yeah i nice. give it a 43 50 is just so much pressure man yeah you know? right like seriously ah <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad you liked it more on this I watch. Um, this one has been living at a 37 the whole time, and I think it's staying there. It is a 37 out of 40. I think this is... I think this is my... Among my top-rated Tarantino Ooh. movies. If it's not first, it's it might be like tied with um, Pulp Fiction. No, Inglorious Bastards is first. I think this one and Pulp Fiction are tied for second. Okay. I think that's that's where I have the Tarantino films, but you know we can talk about that another time. On so yeah, thirty-seven out of forty, it rocks. I'm into this vibe completely. Sweet, beginning to end. Greg, what is the best movie for when dudes rock? <sighs> that's a tough question. I think I want to kind of throw it to you here. Okay, just get your opinion. Because you're a very much a dude's rock kind of guy. Um, let me think. 21 Jump Street has too much toxicity in it. Um, I, I do think it has, like... That's where I'm landing. It yeah. has the best... It has the best male camaraderie of the three, I would say. Um, uh, that's not true. I would give that to Once Upon a Time. But it is... It, it, it very <laughs> much gets one dimension of dude's rock, which is, like, supporting each other without being toxic. However... They get toxic in other ways, so I've kind of got <laughs> I've got to kind of uh, drop that one. Ocean's Eleven did not have the sincere bromance that I really look for in a dude's rock movie. I got to be honest. Um, yeah, for I think it laid a lot of foundation for dude's rock cinema, but I don't think it necessarily because it wasn't obviously not really a thing back then. Yeah. So I got I got to. I think you're leading up to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? I think, and I can make a reason why it deserves to be the winner, but also I could just skip that because by process of elimination, it's the only option for me. Um, you know? So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 
For me, it's less of a process of elimination. I, I wasn't going to pick 21 Jump Street. I was kind of back and forth between Ocean's Eleven and, and uh, Once Upon a Time. I think, like you were saying, especially with Ocean's Eleven, just like the main relationship isn't really fully established. It is a very strong theme of, you know, dudes rocking. They're literally getting together to achieve a common goal. Yeah. Maybe for different motivations, but definitely a common goal. They so rock. I respect it a lot for that. And they do rock. But uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, we get a little bit more of an intimate relationship and really dive into that friendship. And I just, I don't know. I like the movie a lot more. I like their relationship a lot more. And yeah, I'm comfortable with that winning this episode. Rock on, man. Look at us agreeing and supporting each other. Because we... Are two dudes who rock. We rock. We're dudes now who rock. time. Let's let's go out and party and pick up some shit. No, Greg, you are nothing. Oh, you is that nothing, Greg? No. Oh no! I didn't learn anything. <laughs> I didn't learn my lesson. Wait, let's go party with our wives. <laughs> Yay! And you know what? Hey, we did that last weekend. Let's pick up some. Ch- <laughs> we did. I actually have an idea, Greg. I do want to pick up some chicks, but not to party with them. But to, uh, how do you say, record a podcast with them. Hmm, interesting. How would we accomplish such a task? Well, I think... That's a couple of dudes. Dudes who rock, right? Yeah. yeah. I think if we're going to be true to the spirit of Dudes Rock, which is we accept accountability for the ways we have participated in toxic masculinity, and we commit to not doing it anymore, I think... Part of that is celebrating how much chicks rock. Would you agree with me, Greg? Because chicks do rock. Like, we know this. This is a scientific fact. Chicks rock. This is true. This is just fact, honestly. So, I think next week, the only answer is to reach out to our sister podcast, We're Watching, and finally have them as guests on their brother podcast, and we're going to be doing Movies Woo! for When, Chicks Rock. That's right. Abby Kolosaiki and Alexia Samaris are going to be joining us. And I would be surprised if Vanessa doesn't join us, too. Um, because she's a chick. She rocks. And she loves them. We may have a crowded booth next week. But I'm very okay with that. Because the Clusterfuck is our most listened to episode ever. So, apparently the people love it. And we are one with the people. Are we not, Greg? Oh man, boy are so we! So the oh, um, my gimmick because dudes rock. Uh, yeah. Should we tell them what we're covering next week? Do you remember? I remember. So yeah, we gave we gave the girls each a pick, and then you and I combined for yeah. a pick. That's only fair, yeah. right? Uh, Abby selected "Stick It" for movies for when chicks rock. Uh, Alexia, I think we kind of well, we didn't really coerce her. We helped her land on "Girls Trip." She did that Which on her own, honestly. It, <laughs> like she, she talked. She did get there. Yeah, it. yeah. I was like, I think you should do a girls' trip. She's like, Yeah, I really should. I'm. That's a great idea. And it was her suggestion in the first place. Uh, but my wife loves that movie. And then our. <laughs> Our selection was Mean Girls, which sounds like there might be some hot takes on from the female side of yeah. things. For one of the hosts. <laughs> I'm ready for Ooh, I'm ready for some teaser. controversy next week. I'm ready, man. It's gonna be great. I'm ready for it. Uh yeah, sadly no 
Amy Poehler movies in this one, Denny. She's My in bad, mean buddy. Girls. What are you talking about? Amy Poehler? Yeah, she's in Mean Girls. Oh yeah, she's a cool mom. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we got your best, we got your favorite actress. Don't, don't Shit, do yeah. All right. Uh, nice we'll night. see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. This is where the toxicity comes in. <laughs> not the not that album. Um, yeah, Denny. You know what rocks what? more than dudes? More than dudes, but maybe not. Catchphrases rock, buddy. For Greg Work, the man I am unashamed to say I love and care about deeply, Johnson. I'm Denny, the Greg loves me too, Taylor. And this has been Movies for When. We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? <laughs> <laughs> Just yes.